What was it like having a baby during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, first and foremost, when we found out we were pregnant, none of this was going on, all right? The only corona I knew about was the beer, okay? I could have never imagined that unwelcome house guest corona would show up and that she would be here to stay for a while, you know, and I can't kick her out. You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Is this thing on? I am dusting off my microphone and I am back with a solo episode to update y'all. Um, since my last solo episode, so much has happened. And today I'm here to fill everybody in, let you know what I've been up to, how everything's going. The last time we spoke, I was telling you all about how my 2019 went, plus announcing that I was preggers. Well, the year just flew by after that. 2020 started. And as you all know, it's been one hell of a year. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm coming back after my baby is born. Yes, I had my baby in April and I haven't had a chance to do any updates since my last solo to now. And I really did plan to y'all, but then life just um, kicked into overdrive. So what was it like having a baby during the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, first and foremost, when we found out we were pregnant, none of this was going on, all right? The only corona I knew about was the beer, okay? I could have never imagined that unwelcome house guest corona would show up and that she would be here to stay for a while, you know, and I can't kick her out. My biggest focus back when I recorded my last solo episode was just preparing to have a baby. And I expected that when our baby arrived and, you know, we were in the hospital, we would have family visit us in the hospital and swoop in after delivery to take care of us and help with the baby. That was what I envisioned. What I was picturing in my head is the process that I saw my sister go through when she was pregnant and after she gave birth to her children. That is what I had in my head. Never could I have imagined that we would be having a baby in these strange, strange times of masks and social distancing and quarantining. And never could I have imagined that I wouldn't even know when my baby will get to meet his cousins. My pregnancy, let me, let me, let me take it back and actually share a little bit about my pregnancy and like leading up to today. I want to talk about um, how I prepared for having a maternity leave what the um, process of just having a baby during the COVID pandemic was like, what I've been up to and how I'm transitioning back to get back to work, get back to recording, get back to doing what I love. So um, my pregnancy went by really fast. Before I got pregnant, I used to think, wow, 40 weeks, that is forever. Like that's practically a whole year. How can a woman just spend almost a whole year being pregnant? I used to think that like, I'm going to get tired of that. I'm going to get bored. I'm going to be impatient. I'm going to be, you know, ready to meet my baby. But, and, and I was ready to meet my baby, all of that. But let me tell you, when you get pregnant, you need 
every single one of those 40 weeks to prepare for the baby. You literally are not ready. You, you, you Even though you, you wanted this, you planned for this, you are not really ready. And those 40 weeks buy you some time. There's so much coming at you, so many life changes that need to happen. For me and my husband Moyo, that meant things like moving to a bigger place, me preparing to be able to take maternity leave as an entrepreneur, us figuring out what things we needed for the baby, going to appointments, learning about what happens during pregnancy and during birth, taking classes and so much more. It was a lot. And my pregnancy itself was relatively smooth, thank God. And it was what some would refer to as an uneventful, meaning I had no medical issues. Praise be to God. I, I experienced great care overall, which, as you know, is of a lot significant concern for Black women, given the statistics about pregnancy outcomes and mortality for Black moms versus white moms in America. So I'm very thankful for the care that I received. Also, I was fortunate to be able to select and be seen by all Black women doctors for my prenatal care. And as fortune would have it, I couldn't have predicted this. Like when you get pregnant, um, you know, you give birth in a hospital, like especially if you're there multiple days and in labor multiple days like I was, you doctors come on with a new shift, right? So you really can't plan your doctor, even if you've been going to the same OB throughout your entire prenatal care. At least that's how my practice works. So as fortune would have it, my baby was delivered by a Black woman doctor as well. So it was just Black girl magic throughout my experience. More on that later. But yes, I was very thankful for a healthy pregnancy. Before becoming pregnant, I was always nervous about just the whole process because I'm 36 and what they refer to as advanced maternal age. How rude, right? And I believe once you cross 38, they refer to you as a geriatric pregnancy, which is even more rude, but whatever, we're going to forge forward, okay? The bright side, though, of having a baby later in your 30s is that they test you for everything really early um, to make sure you're not showing um, just, you know, signs of diseases or your baby isn't showing genetic deficiencies or deformities and what have you. And we found out we were having a boy very early on at 11 weeks. So that was exciting because um, we actually didn't tell our family till around 12 weeks. And it was cool to be able to tell them and tell them what we were having as well. And they were all like confused, like, wait, are you sure? How do you know? So that was kind of fun. Um, thankfully, our baby is healthy. He progressed according to charts. I met weekly milestones and I didn't have any ailments or high blood pressure or gestational diabetes. I don't say this to brag, just sharing my experience and, you know, very, very, very grateful for that. So that's not to say I didn't have my share of discomfort. OK, during my first trimester, I was extremely, extremely exhausted. I touched on this a little in my last episode, like I didn't know I could feel so tired, y'all. I would wake up, do like a couple things and then just have to take a nap on the couch. All I wanted to do was sleep. I napped all the time. So when I had my live show back in October, that almost took me out. I was beat for like three days after that show. I could not get out of bed the next day. I don't know what it is that happens to your body. But that was a symptom that I definitely felt all the way 
through first trimester. And anything that involved a lot of excitement or just walking would have me out like a light. And I would also get headaches from it too. So me and Moyo went to like two weddings during the first trimester and I had the biggest headache and was in bed for the whole day after each one. I didn't really have any super weird cravings. I did, though, um, want like crave fast food at first and more Jamaican food, of course, my home food that I love. Um, Plus, ginger beer was a craving and that's not alcoholic, just in case some of y'all don't know about ginger beer for some reason. Um, That is not alcohol. So I was craving that hardcore craving fruit punch, craving steak craving milk. None of this makes sense. No rhyme or reason, but that and everything had to be like all my beverages. I wanted ice cold, lots of ice. So that's what I experienced. Then during my second trimester, the cravings died down mainly because I just had really bad acid reflux. And as a result, I had to sleep with this humongous wedge pillow, which wasn't really comfortable, never felt all the way restful, but that's the only thing that could help me with it because you know it props you up and keeps you from just waking up with like all that acid like bubbling up um then during my third trimester with all my organs my belly was big all my organs were being pushed up due to that growing belly I was just uncomfortable I would be hungry but then I couldn't really eat that much because my heartburn my, my acid reflux would start acting up like as soon as I woke up in the morning and ate anything it could be a slice of toast I would start feeling acid reflux. Um, the baby would keep me up until like 4 a.m. kicking me and just turning up. And every night I would try to talk to him in there and I would be like, look, this is bedtime. This is not turn up time. But he didn't care. <laughs> he was preparing me for what was to come now that he's here. Um, but yet and still, I loved I loved feeling him kick. I love feeling him move. It was exciting. So it was kind of like our time. But it just shot my sleep schedule. It was completely off and I was sleeping, getting to sleep really late or, you know, I should say really early in the morning hours of the next day. And then I would end up sleeping, falling asleep into the afternoon and, you know, starting my day there once I was finally able to sleep. That's how my day would go. So also in third trimester, we moved. We moved from Virginia to Maryland So I had to deal with the process of organizing, selling some furniture, packing, then unpacking once we moved. It was a lot. And anybody who's ever done a move, you know that moves suck. No way around it. We hired movers and thankfully that made the process easier, but it still sucks to pick up your life and then put it back together. And you're getting in all this influx of stuff for the baby and starting to, you know, make a whole new um area for the baby and all that good stuff. So it was a lot, but we got through it. So in my third trimester, that is when the news of coronavirus started picking up. I feel like, you know, we were hearing about it, that the news had started to talk about it a little bit. And it just felt like it was something, oh, that's something, wow, China's going through a pandemic. Hmm, it's not our problems, not that serious, but whoa, that's crazy. That's what they're going through. It, it felt like that, right? Then closer to our baby shower, which was on March 7th, I began getting concerned. Like, okay, <laughs> this is in the US now. This is not good. I sent out a note to our baby shower guests, like, 
If you have a cough, sneeze, or are feeling flu-like symptoms, please do not come. Okay, I, I sent out that message before the shower. And at that time, it elicited lots of laughs and jokes. You know, it was a running joke actually during the shower, before the shower. But, you know, I partially felt like I was overreacting, but I sent it anyway. So our baby shower happened. It was amazing. And then the Monday after, that following Monday, boom, the world starts shutting down. Talks of quarantine, shutdowns of cities, all the deaths, people on ventilators, hospitals being running out of bed space, PPE becoming short, all of that became real. And the true danger of COVID-19 set in. It, it felt like overnight, even though I know it wasn't, you know, I know that one, we were, we could have been more prepared for this as a country, as a unit, but I'm not even going to get into all that. I digress. So I knew this wasn't something that happened overnight. That said, the warning signs, it was like they were being ignored and the the severity of it truly didn't start to hit until that following Monday. So I'm thankful that we were able to have our shower and see our loved ones one last time, because aside from my mom and parents-in-law and two of our dear friends who did a drive-by to drop off food for us, we haven't seen any of our family and friends since. You know, our baby has not met um, my siblings. They, he has not met so many people, so much family, so many friends. The last time we were together with family and friends was March 7th, 2020. And I hope maybe that will change before this episode airs, but I doubt it. So once the world went into lockdown mode, my last few weeks of prenatal visits looked way different than they did at the beginning of our pregnancy. At the beginning, Moya was able to come with me to every single appointment. We were both in there, you know, we were a team doing this. It felt really great to have that support. And, you know, just know we were here and everything at the same time. I didn't have to like relay information. We were both in the office at the same time and, you know, could decompress and or compare notes after with me. But then as things progressed with COVID, then they started to get into more of like a um, one. Some of the, the appointments, they would um, shift the appointments because they were rearranging staff. So appointments would get canceled. They, they shut down like the facility that we went into for checkups and, you know, had us go to another facility and because they were consolidating and really just trying to control the spread by consolidating which facilities were open, how much staff, how many bodies were in which place. And then it became that I needed to go in by myself to certain appointments. So the doctor's office would make sure to schedule appointments so there was virtually no one else in the waiting room. And when you got to the building, you'd be questioned about if you had been exposed to anyone with COVID, if you've been experiencing any of XYZ symptoms, they would run them down. There was hand sanitizer there and, you know, they were dressed in scrubs with masks and everything as they asked you these questions. Then after answering those questions, we would proceed to the waiting room for our OB doc appointment. So that happened when Moya was still allowed to come with me and after I had to go by myself. So, you know, they had started that procedure before you could even get into the building and the waiting rooms were very, very empty because they were 
calling and rearranging everyone to, to really control the amount of people in the room. And things were still relatively chill, but around that 38 week mark, they only wanted me to come in alone. So Moya would drop me off and wait in the parking lot. And that was also around the time that the guidance came in that everyone should wear masks, I believe. Um, so, you know, I started wearing that to my appointments. All the while, I have so much going on in my head, right? I'm like preparing to have a baby. I'm also preparing to go on maternity leave for the first time ever in my life and for the first time as an entrepreneur. So I was also getting my business ready to take maternity leave. And I decided to take maternity leave because really I had to. (laughs) There's really no way. There's just no way to not take some type of break for this new change. I I mean, I just I just don't know how people do it. So I knew I needed to take some time to be able to step away. And here is how I prepared to take that maternity leave. Number one, I hired two new people to be a part of the Side Hustle Pro team to run the show while I wasn't there. So those of you who are like, wow, you just had a baby and and you're still producing episodes. No, no, ma'am, that was not me. <laughs> I pre-recorded that. Get to that. I'll get to that in a second. But the the run of the show behind the scenes, that was all thanks to my producer, my virtual assistant, and my social media and content manager. They were my support system. They are amazing. They kept things flowing from the episodes dropping on your actual podcast feeds to the social media posts. They did all that from April through June while I was able to take maternity leave. So the second thing I did to prepare was I also batch recorded all episodes for April through June. In May, um, to help with that, to help with the batching and getting further out, in May, I released Rewind episodes, which were previously released. These are episodes that have been recorded already. And I I released some of my favorite that really helped you to see the process of how I was able to grow this business from when it was first a side hustle to when I like officially said, you know, turned it, um, you know, opened my LLC, incorporated all that good stuff. So for those podcasters who are afraid to release repeats or rewinds, I'm here to tell you, do it. There are so many people who started listening to Side Hustle Pro for the first time ever in May. And as a matter of fact, May 2020 was the month with my highest number of downloads to date. To date. You just can't underestimate the fact that so many people are getting introduced to you and they're not going all the way back. At this point, I'm over 200 episodes in. They're not going all the way back and discovering those episodes. They're they're coming in at the later, the latest episode and going from there. So it's important to reintroduce your audience to you, your your path, or just older episodes that really that really show the essence of what your show is about. So don't be afraid of rewinds. And shout out to all of you new Side Hustle Pro listeners. I'm so glad you found me. I'm so glad you're here, subscribed, and continuing to listen. So appreciate you. And I can't wait to share more with you. So that was the second thing I did to prepare batch record episodes. The third thing I did was work with my advertisers to get their advertising scripts to me in advance to record those in advance. So I really just I tried to have the whole episode squared away. 
Um, I also recorded training videos for the new staff, onboarded them, and made sure they knew how to work all the processes while I was gone. I finally got those um, standard operating procedures written, you guys. I talked about that in my last solo episode. So the only monkey wrench with the advertiser process was due to COVID, because some of the advertisers, they either canceled their spots or, you know, because they were short on budget or they sent me new scripts to address how they wanted to to touch on the COVID situation. So I did have to record a few ad replacements or swap out some ads while on maternity leave, but that wasn't too bad. The other thing I did to prepare for maternity re- leave is Um, For those of you who don't know, I run the Podcast Moguls Accelerator Program. This is a program for podcasters who want to triple their downloads and monetize their podcasts. So I had my last enrollment and my last cohort for this program and then went through a live coaching cycle before I went on leave. And then I also communicated to my students when my maternity leave would be so they knew when to expect me back. And many of them have checked in on me and Moyo, sent us love, and even sent updates about how well their podcasts are doing. And so, you know, I was just talking to someone on DM today. He shared a screenshot of their downloads and it just motivated me. You know, I'm so excited to get back to coaching my moguls. And by the way, if you're interested in being a part of the next cohort of podcast moguls, Sign up to learn more at podcastmoguls.com, okay? That's podcastmoguls.com. I'm getting ready to open it up and accept a new cohort, okay? I'm getting ready to open it up and accept a new cohort. So sign up at podcastmoguls.com. Let me tell you, now is the time to put your voice out there. So I've seen buzz and people talking about podcasts, people starting podcasts because they're they're quarantined, they're on break, they have more downtime, they're at home, they're, you know, thinking of passion projects and side hustles, either because there have been changes in their job situation or they just realize that, hey, life is too short. And I commend that and I admire that and I'm I'm all here for that. And if you've been wanting to start podcasting, right, and you haven't, now is the time. Seriously. If you're nervous because you think there are too many podcasts out there, let me remind you. People like to say this like, oh, there are too many podcasts. But let me tell you something. There are also a lot of TV shows. There are a lot of movies out there. There are a lot of musicians and a lot of music out there. That doesn't stop people from watching new shows, watching new movies, or downloading purchasing new albums, does it? No. So you have to get into that same mind frame and do not let anyone talk you out of doing what you want to do. So don't lose sight of the bigger picture. If you have an impact you want to make in the world, if you're committed to see it through, then believe in yourself and finally make that move. So register at podcastmoguls.com and you're going to you're going to be the first one to know when I do open up the cohort. So a lot of people have been asking me, so I just want to put that out there and Because of podcasts, I was able to take a maternity leave and still have income coming in, still pay my team. Like how, I won't even say how crazy is that, but how blessed is that? I won't even say how crazy is that because it's really not crazy. It's really not unfathomable. And I'm going to stop framing it in that, in that way because it really is very, very doable. All right. So enough about that. Just wanted y'all to know if you've inquired about that, when and how to get information. So. 
That is how I prepared to take maternity leave. And with those steps of hiring more staff to support the system and keep it moving, batch recording, working with advertisers, advertisers training my staff, onboarding them, um, running another cycle of podcast moguls, and getting everybody over communicating to everybody when I would be gone for maternity leave, when to expect me back. Then also just getting in the zone physically by going to my appointments. Also, I, you know, was, I'll, I'll talk about it a little more, but I was packed and ready to go when it was time to go to the hospital because I was just over just consuming as much content as possible on what to pack and what to do and all this other stuff. We took, you know, Lamar's class and we were just trying to do it all. That said, you can't, there's no real way to prepare, right? Like you, you prepare and there's always going to be something that you could never have expected because you've never been through this before. And that was my, my situation for sure. But let me just, um, finish out what I was saying about preparing for maternity leave. So for anyone who's an entrepreneur, I just want to encourage you that it is possible. It is possible to step away. Um, you have got to got to make the time to hire help. You've got to make the time to hire strong team members who you can lean on, who you believe in, and it is possible. Never feel like you can't possibly do this. At least try. And it might not be perfect. You might still need to, you know, respond a bit when you're on maternity leave, but at least you won't be breaking your back trying to do it on your own. At least try, okay? I know it's scary. It's daunting. You don't know where to look, but you've got to, got to, got to build out your team if you are trying to take a maternity leave. So for those who ask me, how did I take a leave? How did I take a step back? Um, this is even too, if you want to go on vacation, what does vacation look like? All right, what you you got to think about what, what do I do? What do I need someone to do for me so that I can step away and not have to do it? And the answer to that is hiring, letting your guard down, trusting. Okay. And I know it's hard for me as well, but we've got to, got to do it. Alrighty. So with these steps, I was thankfully able to have time to bond with my son and, you know, us bond as a family, have time to get through the haze of this fourth trimester, the first few months of, of being a new mom without having to open up my laptop and do work. And I was able to also have income coming in and be able to play, pay my team at the same time. So preparation is key and it allowed me to do those things. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here with a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Skillshare. The online learning community is offering our listeners two months of free premium membership. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. Right now, Skillshare is such a great resource to have so you can stay inspired, express yourself, and connect to a community of creatives with fascinating classes on topics like how to start a business online, e-commerce essentials, email marketing, and so much more. You can also take non-business classes like drawing or writing, and that can be a great way to help manage stress, practice mindfulness, and feel connected to one another. 
I recently took a Skillshare class called Context is Key, Social Media Strategy in a Noisy Online World. And I just found it so valuable as a refresher on creating a channel-specific social media strategy for my brand. So as you can see, Skillshare offers classes designed for real life and all of the circumstances that come with it. Creative self-discovery and expression can settle your mind. I know it does for me. And spontaneous acts of creativity can help break up the routine of a day indoors. So Skillshare short classes are a perfect fit for that. And you'll create real projects and get the support of fellow creatives who provide encouragement, communication, and inspiration. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro, where you'll get two free months of premium membership. That's two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash Side Hustle Pro. Now that we got that squared away, let me share a bit about my delivery and hospital experience. So I gave birth to our baby boy in April. When my water broke, y'all, I had no idea that that's what was happening. I I mean, it was getting around, it was getting to be around that time. I knew something was, should happen, but I really wasn't sure. So earlier in the night before, I had had such bad acid reflux that I had to stop eating early. And I couldn't get comfortable at all before bed. I mean, my belly was big and heavy and I felt like I was suffocating when I tried to lie down. That's how just huge I felt. And that's how over it I was, too. So that night I said to Moyo, I said, I think I have to sleep in the reclining chair because I really cannot. Even with the wedge pillow, I really am uncomfortable lying down like it just It just felt like I just cannot. I'm about to pop. Right. So I attempted to get comfy in the reclining chair. And after a few, maybe like 15 minutes, I look over. Moyo's fast asleep. I'm still super uncomfortable. Meanwhile, you know, again, like I'm the only one up and I'm like, oh, man, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Like how much longer do I have to go through this? So as Luckily, my bestest, who is a doctor and works at late shifts, so she's up. She she would be up at the late hours I was up because of her schedule. And she texts me at like 3 a.m. like, are you up? And I'm like, yep. So I go into our other room to catch up with her. And we talked for like an hour. And then boom, out of nowhere, I felt this urgent need to pee. And I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm like, oh, like, just kind of need to pee. And I, you know rushed to the bathroom and pee or so I thought it was like a a rush of water um not like a rush right it's not like in the movies or what have you anyway I'm like that's weird but I hop up I go and then I come back and needless to say I wasn't sure what had just happened if it was just another one of those pregnancy symptoms that you don't learn about until the third trimester because that happens a lot in pregnancy y'all um, you know, one day you wake up, your wrists aren't working properly and you Google it and you find out, oh, I got carpal tunnel now. <laughs> that is pregnancy in a nutshell. Mad random um, symptoms that no one tells you about. And yeah. So anyway, after the third time of that process of like feeling the urge, need to pee, run into the bathroom, all that, yada, yada. I'm like, OK, I think something's going on. So let me wake up Moyo. So I do just that. We end up calling the doctor. This is like 4, 5 a.m. by this point. And sure enough, the doctor tells us to come in. 
So we head to the hospital at all masked up. Um, you know, we got our masks on and I I put on this like leopard maternity dress. Like I was feeling myself. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be cute going into the hospital. <laughs> By the time I came out, not, not the same, not the same, y'all. So my bags had been packed for a while because actually they were packed and in the car, in the trunk, because during nesting, my favorite thing to do was watch YouTube videos, like I said, about what to pack for the hospital and then order the stuff immediately on Amazon. That was what brought me joy. So when we got to the hospital, we had our bags and a few different people definitely remarked, wow, you have a lot of stuff. But let me tell you, we needed all of that. OK, snacks and all. So we we brought our bags in, not knowing if we were staying, but just, you know, to be safe, like not wanting to go back to the car. Like, all right, let's just bring this up with us to the check in area and triage. And by the way, with COVID, by the time we went to the hospital in April, um, the hospital visit rules had completely changed. They were even more strict. You were only allowed to have one person in the delivery room with you. They called it your one support person. So, you know, I I did not uh, utilize a doula during my pregnancy. I evaluated it, decided it wasn't the choice I wanted to make. And so luckily I didn't have to choose between, you know, my husband and my doula or something like that. Um, I didn't have to choose. It was it was me and Moyo and I was very, very happy and content with that. But that is one of the uh, results of COVID of people having to choose. So it was just Moyo and me, which was all I needed. We gave our family updates via phone. Also, once we checked in, they didn't want Moyo going back out, not even to the parking lot. At least that's what they told us in the beginning. But we got like mixed messages later on. So, you know, this whole COVID thing, it also resulted in a lot of confusion between hospital staff, um, not not to the point where it affected my experience, but I'm just, you know, saying that the, the whole the whole thing happened and a lot of people, including people who work for the hospital, were confused. So anyway, we were in the hospital for a few days without seeing the outside world because they didn't want us. They didn't want him going back out. So that was interesting. And once we got to the hospital that morning, a part of me still wondered if this was it or if I was really going to be sent home. I was like, if I'm, am I really about to have a baby right now or will I be sent back home with a false alarm? Because I was one of those pregnant women who was like hyper vigilant, who would be calling in about any little thing. And often it was dismissed as like, oh, that's normal. That's OK, which was sometimes very annoying. And that would be my only complaint about the pregnancy process, even with Black doctors really advocate for yourself. It doesn't matter how small you might think it is. No question is dumb and no one should be dismissing your concerns. So I did have one doctor who was dismissive and I ended up changing my doctor to someone else when we moved. Thank goodness. You know, it ended up happening naturally. But if we hadn't moved, I would have still had to change that doctor because um, my concerns were dismissed a little bit too much. So anyway, what ended up happening is 
I was not sent back home. <laughs> Once I got there and I was being evaluated in triage, they were like, girl, they didn't say girl, but essentially they were like, girl, your water broke. That is your water is broken. <laughs> and you ain't going nowhere. You're having a baby. I was just so happy. I was elated. I was excited. Um, they, you know, had to evaluate me, check out, make sure the baby was okay. Um, and with that, you know, got me into the room and the process began. And oh, apparently I had been having contractions, but I didn't realize it. And they felt like mild period cramps. So I, again, I was like, mm, this is a symptom of pregnancy. I don't know. There's so many symptoms, you guys, you cannot possibly just know what everything is or call for everything. Because if you're feeling okay and if it's bearable, you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go about my day. So anyway, apparently I'd been having contractions, didn't realize it. So we got checked in and I don't know what having a baby outside of COVID is like, right? I should have put that disclaimer in the beginning of the episode because I don't know what having a baby outside of COVID is like. But for me, my experience was just like, um, there was a lot more, it seemed like there was a lot more, people were really, really, on it. They were very, very careful. They tested me for COVID, by the way, in triage. Everyone was masked up. Um, everyone was talking to me through a mask at all times. I felt very safe and protected. I started out with wearing a mask as well, but by the time the contractions really picked up, I had to abandon that. I could not. I needed to breathe. <laughs> and I don't think there's any way you can truly be prepared for labor or giving birth. And by the way, I'm not going to go through an exhaustive like play by play of my labor. I just want to give you guys a little taste of my experience. So for me, I saw that no matter how prepared I thought I was, how neatly packed my bag was and what cute gown I bought on Amazon to match my pillowcase, to take pictures in, everything goes out the window. I did not take no pictures with no gown and matching pillowcase. All right. Once we were there and, you know, there there was certain um, health things that were were top of mind. I, I just wanted my son to get there safely. From the very beginning, when we checked in, they had concerns about his heart rate and were monitoring him super, super closely. And when, you know, something like that is going on with your baby and you can't do anything about it, like he's inside of you, you don't know what's going on with him. And people are coming in and looking at the monitor and you can see the concern in their face, like all you care about is getting your baby into this world safely. Through the process of labor, I, I got an epidural for pain management. And Lord, thank you for anesthesiologists. My they're my new favorite kind of doctor. The ones I had were excellent. They knew they knew what they were doing. They knew exactly how to test the dosage, walk me through the process, make me feel so at ease, you know, so it just I didn't I didn't feel a thing. All all I felt was relief and I was grateful for their expertise. I was just so impressed. You know, when you meet someone who's just like just knows their ish. That's how I felt about my anesthesiologist. And this was my first time being checked into a hospital for any kind of procedure. And you would think I would feel anxious, but I was at peace because I was receiving such good care. I mean, shout out to the nurses. I love nurses. My mother's a nurse, but also I experienced a new level of appreciation for nurses because, again, I've never really been in the hospital for anything. So I haven't really had to be under the care of nurses, but they were the real MVPs. Yes, the doctor will come in and check on you periodically and, of course, deliver your baby. But when you are in labor, 
as you are just waiting, because labor is like a waiting game, your nurses are the one checking on you, changing you, cleaning you, attending to your every need. I can't thank them enough. So after roughly 36 hours in labor, I ended up needing to have a C-section. And my first feeling when I heard this and, you know, when I realized this was going to going to be the decision was terror. I was terrified. Up until that moment, I had felt completely calm and hopeful for a vaginal delivery, but my son was just not progressing. I wasn't dilating any further and he was starting to become in distress. And the earlier doctors and nurses, they gave me, they were so great in giving me time to make this decision. I did not feel pressured at all. They attempted to wait it out, see if he would progress, see if his heart rate would heart rate would, would increase and kind of just get him to um, get moving. But my little boy was chilling in there. And now that he's here with us and we have met him, I can't wholeheartedly say that he had no intentions of coming out my comfy womb. <laughs> He is so, he is so chill yet hard-headed and he likes what he likes and he ain't budging. All right. So by the time the doctor who was to deliver me came in, she was very straightforward about the risk it posed having had my water been broken for so long and my little boy's heart rate be so concerning and to keep waiting it out to, to dilate further, to have him just come, come out. So as I mentioned before, this was a black woman doctor, a Nigerian woman at that. So it felt like having a real one-on-one with a Nigerian auntie. And I mean, I, I, the heavens opened up. I can't thank God enough for that experience. I felt safe. I felt comforted. I also was able to call my mom and also um, one of my girlfriends who also had a C-section under similar circumstances. And they helped me to get back into the zone to be mentally strong, to complete my mission and get my little boy safely into this world. I I could almost tear up right now just thinking about it. We, at that moment, I just felt like we had come too far to not complete the mission. He has to get into this world. He has to come into earth. He has to come to the other side. And that's what I was focused on. So we got suited up, me by the nurses and Moyo on his own in our gowns. They wheeled me into the operating room. My heart was racing with excitement and nerves. They took me in first to get me set up and get my anesthesia injected and ready. Then they let Moyo in and he came beside me to hold my hand. And I just remember looking up at that ceiling and just praying so hard, like, Lord, please, please let him be safe and okay. Let his heart rate be okay. Let him survive this process. Let him not be scared. Let him not be, you know, not go into distress. And before I knew it, as I'm praying and um, and also because, of course, you don't feel anything as the procedure is happening, as far as pain, that is, you may feel some pressure. It's it's hard to remember at this point, but I felt no pain whatsoever. And before I knew it, they said something like, all right, he's coming out. And I was expect- and then I also had to say a prayer because I was like, OK, his heart rate has been low. Don't freak out if you don't hear him cry right away. He seems very chill of a baby. Maybe he won't cry. Right. But as soon as they pulled him out, I heard that loud and strong cry. And I just breathed a sigh of relief and thank God our son was here and I could hear him. The most amazing thing was seeing him, kissing him, holding him for the first time, him laying on my chest and looking up at me and knowing that we made this. 
God made this perfect miracle and gave him to us. And he's ours, all ours. We don't know anything about being parents, but we know that we will make sure our son feels loved no matter what. And everything else will fall into place. So because of COVID, no one was able to visit us in the hospital to meet our little guy. So our stay involved a lot of FaceTime and phone calls and taking endless pictures of our baby boy. Although part of me was sad and is sad about it still, I am also grateful to have had uninterrupted time with just us three. Also, I went into the hospital with a slick back bun. I thought I was about to be all cute. I was not. (laughs) By the time I was a few hours into labor, my hair was fuzzy all over the place. And I was just happy after birth to look and feel a hot mess in peace with my little family. Okay, like I said, there were no pretty pictures. Shout out to all you who are able to take the matching gown pillowcase picture. That did not happen for me. Um, now that we've been home for almost three months, we've been lucky to have visits and support from COVID tested relatives, my mom and then Moyo's parents. I would also, um, I I really would not have been able to heal from my C-section and deal with sleep deprivation without these visits. I would not have been able to start to de-puff from the anesthesia because anesthesia makes you swell up. And I would not have been able to have my C-section incision start to heal without my mom being able to come and take care of me. Like, there is nothing like a mother's love. I'm so, so grateful. Um, my mom's actually a nurse, as I mentioned a few times on this show. And I'm so o- grateful because she overcame her fear of long distance driving to come and take care of me and nurse me back to health. Not to mention, teach me how to take care of a tiny little baby. Um, so that was that was clutch but now it's back to just us and we're getting the hang of this parenting thing we're always tired y'all the um the only way one of us gets real rest is if the other one holds down the baby and with covid for follow-up visits we've been able to go to some of his appointments together and for some only i can go or you know one of us only one of us can go it it really all feels a bit random right now it feels like everyone is winging it and just trying their best to be safe and not really sure how, but just trying their best is how it feels sometimes. But we're grateful that they're at least trying to take precautions. Um, I was able to have three months of adjusting to this new normal without having to work. So that was awesome. Once I had the baby, I simply, you know, notified my team. We have a Slack channel for easy notifications. So I let them know that, you know, the eagle has landed and I was officially going off the grid for a while. But they're able to reach me via text and Slack for anything urgent, which is helpful for all of us. I feel like I can get the hang of things without feeling like I'm dropping the ball. Like I can focus on my family without feeling like I owe them something and they can get the answers they need when they need them without having to have me in the loop all day, every day. And Moyo and I, we're beginning to get into somewhat of a routine. I don't know if I can even call it that, but it's definitely getting more manageable, I would say, each day. Or, you know, maybe we're just getting used to our baby. We definitely kind of know what to expect from him now. Um, I wouldn't say it's getting easier because so far there's nothing, nothing easy about having this little person who depends on you to eat, change him, comfort him, teach him and rock him to sleep. Um, but it is getting more manageable in terms of 
We kind of know what to expect. Um, and now we're ready to sleep train him because we have to go back to work and we need some sleep. Um, I'm not quite sure yet what going back to work will look like for me going back into, you know, working full time as an entrepreneur, side hustle pro, teaching podcast moguls, teaching master classes um, and anything else, you know, I want to take on this year for the remainder of this year. I'm not sure what that will look like. I want to be able to resume recording episodes and my life coaching calls with my podcast mogul students. But how do I do that? You know, um, it's just us. It, it, how do I do that? I don't have all the answers, you guys. Uh, so for those of you who are like, I, I ask people on Instagram, like, hey, I'm thinking of kind of vlogging some of my experiences. What would you like to see? And people are like, your morning routine, Um, you know, what your schedule is these days. It does not exist, guys. A baby, when a baby comes, it, it basically explodes your life. So it blows up your life. And, you know, picture a bomb going off. And now I'm having to rebuild it brick by brick to establish a new normal. So that's what's going on with Nikayla right now. I'll definitely need some family help to watch the baby. Um, and when I host master classes with Moyo holding down the baby, I will likely have to hire a webinar assistant or ask a team member to support me in managing communications during the master class. So things like that are all the things I have yet to figure out. Like right now, I'm recording this episode at 11 p.m. on Saturday night, hoping to complete it without the baby waking up. Things like this pose new challenges that we never had to face before, but we'll get through it. We will learn a new normal and we'll learn to live and adapt and thrive within our new normal eventually. OK, I'm not acting like that's going to happen quickly or overnight, but eventually I have faith that that would happen. But for now, it can be equal parts difficult and rewarding and beautiful Um I have nights, you know, mornings when I wake up and I'm still so tired, but I'm holding him. And I'm looking in the mirror and I'm just praying and thanking God for this miracle. Like, oh, my gosh, how how can this be my life? At the same time, deadly tired. <laughs> um, our first night home, waking up every hour with this wailing baby. We just prayed so, so hard, y'all. And like, you know, we 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 try, but we're not the type to like pray every night together or anything like that. Like sometimes we're just beat, we're tired, whatever. But we were clasping hands in some deep prayer that night. OK, we prayed like we never prayed before. We had a moment where we looked at each other like for real. What do we just get ourselves into? <laughs> we are in over our heads. We aren't going to make it. And Moyo, he just grabbed my hand and he kept repeating, we are going to be okay. We're going to be okay. This is going to get better. And it has gotten better. But Lord, that first night with the baby boy, uh, it almost broke me. That first night was rough. And prior to COVID, I had plans to hire an in-house nanny before going back to work to watch the baby while I record. I don't even know how that would work or what have you, but that was was what I thought could happen. And then I was going to look into daycare for when he was several months old. But all that has been put on pause now that I don't want to be exposed or have anybody in our home unnecessarily or put our baby in a room with other kids when I don't know what their family quarantine practices are like. So it's all a big bunch of confusion right now. Um, so we're just taking it day by day and enjoying our baby and his smiles and cuddles in the meantime. Um, life, like I said, it's been blown up. It's kind of a hot mess, but 
we have to enjoy these moments because we know he won't be this little and cute and, and cuddly forever. The my alarm just went off and we're just going to leave it in here. All right. So <laughs> to wrap, I just want to say um, this whole situation has reminded me that when we plan, God laughs. And it also has reminded me that you have to practice gratitude and learn to be content in all circumstances. And by no means am I saying this is easy because it's not. It's not. It is it is a practice that I have to literally tell myself, okay, you're complaining right now. Like say some things you're grateful for. Cause this is like, you are very blessed. Like say some things you're grateful for right now. Like I yell at myself because it's hard. It's hard not to, to sometimes um, we're human. Right. And we're freaking like in our house way more than we should be during a global pandemic. Like how, you know, how whack is that sometimes when you think about it? If to have a new baby who hasn't met like, you know, his aunts, his uncles, um, it's, it's crazy. However, I practice gratitude to help me through this journey and this process, because I, I mean, what are your options? Practice gratitude or just wallow. Right. So I definitely am not going to wallow. Um no matter how sad I get sometimes that our baby has not met the majority of his family and our friends, I just have to pray that things will begin to get better and that he'll meet them sooner than later. And I'm grateful that FaceTime exists, right? I'm grateful that we're able to have family iCloud streams and and share pictures and and you know show him show people his development day by day with all of that connectivity like I didn't have that I didn't get to have that experience with my own grandparents who were in Jamaica when we were growing up in the Bronx um we also had his Nigerian naming ceremony via FaceTime for him and his grandparents and aunties and uncles have been able to see him via FaceTime and Zoom consistently he's been to birthday parties Instagram music battles, group chats via Zoom. By the way, he loves video chats, video calls. He gets so quiet and calm. That's another reason why we do them so much. <laughs> he gets so quiet and calm. Like he's so fascinated by it. So while it's not the same, boy, are we going to have stories for this little man one day? And he's already such a trooper. I'm just trying to figure out more safe outdoor activities for him. So if you have ideas, let me know, because I'm really not about all these people outside not wearing masks. I'm not a, I'm not into that. OK, so in some having a baby during the COVID-19 pandemic was still a blessing. I don't know any other way, so I can't really speak to any other way. Um, the separation from our family and friends is not ideal, but I'm choosing to practice gratitude, especially when I think of what a miracle it is to make it to the other side of pregnancy. I don't take that for granted at all. So that's what I choose to focus on. And for any of my fellow COVID moms, if you know a COVID mom, have her listen to this episode. If you guys are feeling anxious, please know that you're going to be okay and your Corona babies are going to be all right. You have a fellow Corona mom squatter over here to reach out to. And I am here for you because I know this is not easy. So that's it for now, guys. I hope you enjoyed this update. Um, like I said before, I'm considering vlogging, aka videoing and sharing some of my experiences as a new mom and entrepreneur. Let me know if you'd be interested in seeing that. If so, just let me know in the comments of my Instagram post when I share the promo for this episode. OK, that's all for now. Talk to you next week. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other side hustlers just like you to find the show. And if you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Side Hustle Pro. Plus, sign up for my six-foot Saturday newsletter at sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter. When you sign up, you will receive weekly nuggets from me, including what I'm up to, personal lessons, and my business tip of the week. Again, that's sidehustlepro.co slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon. Thank you.